Welcome to the Decades of Strength podcast. Four women born in four different decades on a mission to help you eat right, get strong, and feel confident in your body. We have all struggled with our body image and confidence at some point, which is why we came together to create this podcast, to remind you that no matter how old you are, you can do this. All you need is support and us, your four empowered besties, to help you crush it on your health and fitness journey. Join us each week for an episode packed on not just what to do, but how to actually do it. We share the crap that no one else talks about because you deserve to succeed and we love keeping it real. Whether you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, or beyond, we got you covered. From four badass women to another, know that we love you, we appreciate you, and you deserve to feel good in your body. Now let's dive in. Back to another episode of the Decades of Strength podcast. I'm your host today, Miss Sarah Ellen Duff. And with me, I have my three other beautiful, beautiful ladies who are all looking really rather radiant, if I might say, ladies. It has to be, it has to be acknowledged. There's some, there's some different energy going on with everyone today. Uh, let's do a quick round robin. Um, big bits of news from everyone's week. Kim, I'm going to go to you first because I feel like this has been a big week for you. Gosh, what is not happening in my life this week? So my my kitchen renovation started Monday. My new running program started Monday and it was my birthday on Wednesday. I turned 50. So it's been a big week. Good stuff happening on my end. That's amazing and happy birthday for you. Marcy, what's going down? Oh, not not a whole lot going down. I, I was in Tahoe over the weekend, which oh. was absolutely magical. Oh, Just yes. so nice to get away. The weather was beautiful because for anyone who doesn't know, we have had crazy fires in California and the smoke had finally cleared and then it returned last week. And you could, I mean, you could not even see the blue in the sky. You couldn't see the mountains. It was horrible. Um, and yeah, I escaped to Tahoe with a certain someone and oh wait no 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 we're not skipping past that you dial that back miss marcy which certain <laughs> someone which person that you met on the path no no person that i met on the path <laughs> Who, you, sorry you can't do this this is illegal wait you can't just come on here and say with a certain someone and then that gives more <laughs> information marcy speak your truth <laughs> Yeah, right now, woman. We oh want names God. and addresses. Okay. <laughs> really quick. So there, there is somebody who has returned from my my past, from my early twenties, who I used to kind of hang out with, and he's always kept in touch with me over the years. And he's been trying to get me to go out with him since probably June, and I just kept putting it off, putting it off, and then finally I broke down and. Yes. So when you talk, you broke down. You're like, let's go away. (laughs) I mean, we had dinner first. No, we've been, we've been spending quite a lot of time together and he's like, yeah, let's go to Tahoe. And usually I don't do things like this. We're like, and he's been asking me for a while now. I was like, nope, I got to work. Nope. I got to work. He's like, you need to relax and go have some fun. I'm like, you're right. I do. So we went to Tahoe and we went paddle boarding and just, yeah, hung out, enjoyed nature. And it was amazing. I laughed harder than I have in my entire life, probably. So that was good. And yeah. Wow. Now it's back to reality. Wow. Oh, this is I big day. news. Well, we'll is. see. We'll see. It's. Do we I'm get a first be... name? Brad. 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 Hey, we'll wow. That. 
We'll be look at us all. If it, I really mm. wish, listeners, that you could see the visionaries of what is going on right now, because we're all just like there's mouths open, there's like <laughs> raised eyebrows, all of the, all of the things. That's and so exciting, though. Yeah, yeah. It just it feels good. It's it's fun. The energy is good. It's lighthearted, and that's kind of what I want right now. So yeah, yeah. And so you're not you're not continuing to chat with the path people. Oh, I saw I saw one of the path people yesterday <laughs> at the gym, and that's. Just Sounds like a freaking cult. <laughs> the past really people. Cool. Path people, yeah. <laughs> they and have a tattoo, a PP. <laughs> I was supposed to walk with the other guy last week, and I had to cancel it. So who knows? I'm just not super invested in either of those. But anyway, that's that. Okay. That's well, thank you for that. Right. I love that. That gave me yeah. that gave me chills and goosebumps and happy <laughs> my friend. So this is this is all good. Uh, maid of honor in my to my left here in the corner <laughs> Colorado girl what's going on yeah well I'm a maid of honor for my best friend Steph we've been I've been friends with her for god I think since you we were like nine so like 21 years it's been pretty pretty crazy um and yeah I've never been a maid of honor before so that's new um really exciting I'm so excited for her um and Kurt and I have been in We'll be in Colorado for like almost two weeks by the time the trip oh, ends. That's so amazing. yeah, it really has. It's just been so nice being in the mountains, um, being out of routine, like just changing things up and remembering or like, it, you know, how when you, you travel and you're like, oh, why do I do that thing when I'm home? You know, mm-hmm. it's like, why don't I do this? And mm-hmm. I think for me, something that has shifted is like a little bit of my morning routine, like how I approach it. Um, so that's been really nice. Like I've just been getting up and literally going out the door and doing something to move my body. And that's been really, really nice. Um, so spending a lot of time outside hiking and I've also been on Zillow a lot because Kurt and I are like starting to really get serious about moving West and like making the plan and looking at houses and places. And so that's, that's just been like, Oh my God, we're going to be out here somewhere soon. So that feels cool. So do you think it will oh. still be California or, you know, maybe thinking Colorado? Um, we don't know. Like we're looking at Utah. We're looking oh. at Oregon. We're looking at like everywhere. But I think California right now is like, Doesn't we don't seem like the best there. spot to move to. Yeah. It's not really like with all the fires and stuff, like a lot of people that I've talked to um, that are there right now are trying to leave. Um, especially San Diego. So I'm just, we're going to look, we're going to like go to all the places and kind of scope it out and do a little mini road trip to see what feels like home. But um, I'm, I'm open. I just need to be near nature and I need a shit ton of daylight in my house and I will be good. I need a porch, daylight and some trees. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oh my God. So Sam, would you say that that is a goal for yourself for the future? Oh yes. Oh, it is. It's been like on my manifestation list since like 2011. (laughs) Oh my god! And that was my smooth intro into today's episode, which is I, I was like, how can I <laughs> weave this in here? Um, which is all about goal setting. Now, I I have trouble saying the word girl. I say it in a very strange way. It sounds like girl whenever it's on like you know Siri or the dictation thing. It always spells it wrong. Oh. So when I say when you hear girl, it's girl. That's goal. Possible. She let me translate. Scary is saying yeah, goal. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> goal. Um, so it's a topic that, like, on the surface, I think sounds pretty simple. Um, but it is something that 
you as a listener may struggle with and you are not alone because to actually set goals that are um, impactful and effective, they need to be connected to something bigger than just the goal because you can be a person who sets goals left, right and centre, but if they're not connected to the bigger vision that you have for your life, what you truly, truly want for yourself, then what happens is you go in hell for leather at these goals and uh, when one of them perhaps goes, you know, it doesn't go the way that you thought it was going to because you're only connected to the goal, you then get like pissed off and maybe just give up on something because you're like, well, what's the point? I haven't met my goal, so I've failed at it. So one thing um, from my way that I've shifted myself when it comes to setting goals is really attaching them to the bigger vision. I would say I actually spend more time on reflecting on my bigger vision and then pulling it back and piecing in how, you know, what are the goals that I need to set in order to get myself to the bigger vision. And when you're connected to the bigger vision, it makes you, it doesn't matter what happens with the goals when you go off track, it really doesn't matter because you're like, oh, this is about something bigger. Who cares if that didn't quite go to plan? I'm getting back on track and I'm just going to carry on. So that's just a little bit of insight as to me and goals. I'd be really curious to hear from each of you ladies. Sam, I'm going to come to you first. What, how, how do you go about kind of your personal goal setting? <laughs> yeah, um, so I think for me, um, it probably starts at the beginning of the year and I do it quarterly. So I'll like look at my year in quarters and that's just like helpful so that I don't, go off course or like if I go off course I can kind of like reroute and get back on so I put like a reminder in my google calendar on January 1st April 1st July 1st and October 1st like a goal setting thing um and if I don't do that I won't remember to do it and I'll forget and then like the end of the year will be and I'll be like oh what was my goals again so <laughs> that's helpful for me to like build the structure in but I think um the I use a lot, I've been using a lot of visualization lately um, and thinking about what it's going to be like when I get to the goal. So for me, I think I'm working on a lot of different things right now, um, but the, the bit, my big goal, I think my two big goals are um, just feeling 100% um, like my business is a well-oiled machine, like feeling really good and like things are happening and there's systems and processes and like there's a standard for how things go. So I close my eyes and I imagine what that's going to feel like. And it feels like me opening up my computer and everything is really organized and my email is taken care of and my clients are have all of their things in order and like things are just to a there there's a very clear intention behind it all and so i imagine what it's going to feel like when i open up my computer and it looks that organized and it is that organized and in the same way like you know having a physique goal like i think at the end of this year i'm going to go into a little bit of a fat loss phase and um i'm even starting to mentally get myself ready for that like what it's going to feel like what it's going to be like to have that to have reached that goal and then asking that future successful version of me what did you do like, who did you have to be to get there? And a lot of the time, it's just down to, like, the daily, the daily habits. And so, yeah, I've been doing that every morning, the visualization. Or, like, if I'm driving, I'll just, like, imagine what it's going to feel like. And I think about it a lot. I think about the goal a lot. 
And um, I try to balance like, and I say try because I, I think it's something that we all can work on is like keeping the goal in mind, but also focusing on the present actions yeah. that we're taking to get to the yeah. goal and not feeling like, oh, I'm not there yet. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's like having the goal, getting super clear on what that looks like, what it is. Um, you can use like the SMART goals template um, to get super, super specific and then working your way backwards from that like what do i need to do in order to have the thing that i want it's going to require sacrifice it's going to require time energy money what is it going to require um and just like planning for that because in the past for me i've always just been like oh yeah like i'll figure it out and um i may figure it out but there's no there was no plan for figuring it out um, and it's, it's the same way when I was trying to lose weight. I was like, I don't know. I'll just like figure it out. Like one day I'll just wake, wake up and like, it'll happen. And like that never happened. So I've learned that like, if you want something, you do have to plan. Um, mm -hmm. and that can be part of the fun of it is like optimizing, optimizing the plan. So yeah, I think the visualization and just the constant reminder of it, I use sticky notes. Um, I talk about it a lot. I have accountability with it, um, coaches and stuff. And I think that just really helps me stay the course because I have such shiny object syndrome and I get so distracted because I get so excited about so many things that that's why I have a coach that like help me stay the course and not get distracted by the fun thing that Kim's doing or like the you know shiny object that you are doing <clears throat> or the way that Marcy's doing something like we can all just get into that comparison mode of like oh maybe I should do that oh maybe I should do that and like you're literally like a squirrel like oh, 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 oh. and I already have all that energy so I don't need to I don't need to use it in that way so yeah I love having somebody to just like keep me on check push me um ask me questions that make me uncomfortable and like give me the reality check that I need because mm -hmm. I I just get distracted easily. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't? We like live in an age of social media. So. But Sam, yeah. you, it's like so, so good you have that self-awareness because like you are, for the people who are listening who don't know about this and you know, the different personality types, like you are a manifesting generator, Enneagram 7, like, and just so typical. Like you fit mm -hmm. into those categories more than anyone I have ever met. Which, <laughs> I will admit, like, I'm always a little jealous of, like, I wish I had her energy. I wish I had her ability to, like, juggle 10 different balls in the air and, like, do it all. And just, like, you know, you're doing business coaching and fat loss coaching and, you know, creating courses, and, like, doing group, like, all this stuff that you can do. But I think it, you know, it can get a little overwhelming at times if you, yeah, if you don't know how to manage it all well. So having that coach to kind of reel you back in and, like, you, it's always goes back to know thyself. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Totally. Amen. The self-awareness piece I think is so huge. Like the <laughs> uh, if you guys don't already know, like take the Enneagram. We'll put it in the show notes um to go take the test. But it's just a self-awareness test that you self-identify with. It's not like a horoscope. <laughs> you actually like assign yourself a number. Um and it tells you your your strengths, weaknesses, like your tendencies. And for me, one of the biggest things with this Enneagram seven is has copious amounts of energy, loves to start shit, has a hard time closing loops and finishing things, does a lot. Um, and that's how I get my fill. And for somebody like 
I don't know, Marcy, let's just say, like, that's not her thing. She, mm-hmm. like, that would be, that would make her probably throw up. She would just get so overwhelmed and be like, fuck this shit and, like, shut her business down. <laughs> yeah, because for me, Enneagram 6, I'm all about safety and security and kind of, like, uh, worst case scenario thinking, which is perfect as an entrepreneur, right, who works for themselves. <laughs> I was like, am I an Enneagram 6 because I'm really a 6 or I'm an Enneagram 6 because I'm an entrepreneur and like that's just, you know what I mean? Yeah. Would it have been different if I took the test four years ago? So. Yeah. Yeah. I can't believe this, ladies, but I don't know what Enneagram I am. I've opened up that test. And I may have even completed it, but if I did, I don't remember what it said. I have no idea. Yeah. You have to take it, Kim. I'm so curious yeah, to know what you it. are. I will curious. take it and actually pay attention this time. I feel like you're a nine. I don't even know what that means, but I feel like you're a nine. Nine is a peacemaker. <laughs> Doesn't like conflict. Uh-huh. Sarah's definitely quintessential too. Yeah, she's yeah, a two. I don't have a problem with conflict, so I don't know if that would be me. Yeah, maybe one. Perfect. Not that I'm like seeking out conflict. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what I heard, Kim. I heard you were always on, on your story seeking out conflict with people. You're just like, come on, who wants to argue with Who wants me? to fight with Kim's you? Kim's a fighter. Kim's a fighter. <laughs> I think um, Kim's either a one or a three. So yeah, take it and report back. All right, yeah. I will. I will do that. Sam, thank you so much. That was all like really insightful. Um, and just to say for the listeners out there, something that just popped into my head when Sam was talking was also when it comes to goals and things, remember that there's seasons for doing things. So you actually never need to be trying to do everything at once. And it is okay to you know work on one thing and get to a point where you've nearly finished it or you've met it and then move on to something else. You don't need to be trying to juggle 10 balls if that's not how you operate in life. So don't judge yourself if you think, oh my God, what's wrong with me? I can't do more than one thing at a time. That's just you and that's okay. So... Marcy, let's come to you. Yeah, so I almost feel weird admitting this, but I am not a huge goal setter. I'm just, it's not really how my brain operates, so to speak. And the last time I, I wasn't even making these goals for myself. So I've talked numerous times at this point about my experience at powerlifting gym years ago. And when I walked in there, my then coach, set goals for me, which I felt were a little lofty. So it was a 135 pound bench press, a 315 pound deadlift, a 225 pound squat. And I was like, not near, nowhere near close to any of that. When I walked in there, I was like, I am a bodybuilder, not a power lifter. And I never really trained for maximal strength. And it felt really exciting to think about achieving those goals. But as I got into the process and realized, oh, wow, this is a lot harder than I thought it would be, um, it became a little frustrating and, for lack of a better word, like demoralizing. And because I felt like I was so far off and I wasn't really progressing at the rate that I had wanted to, or maybe my coach had expected, it created almost like a sense of shame in me. So that is just how my brain operates. You know, there are some people who it drives them harder and that's not me. It almost makes me like hold back a little bit. So yeah, again, like I said to Sam, it's the self-awareness and knowing what works for you, what doesn't. And so kind of like what you said earlier in the episode, Sarah, having a, like a larger vision and a bigger intention 
but not necessarily a hard concrete goal or at least not having one and putting a timeline on it. That's where I think people really get into trouble mm-hmm. is I need to reach this goal by X amount of time and not realizing that, well, shit can happen and life can get in the way. I mean, <laughs> 2020 is a perfect example of that, you know? So what if I had set a goal to, yeah, deadlift 350 pounds and then quarantine happened and it's like, well, now I'm at home with my 20 pound dumbbells, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but but to to a really like hard driving person, you know, that may have been very like frustrating, demoralizing, whatever. And then they would have considered themselves a failure when it's like, no, that was just external circumstances. But so that could be an example, you know, you get injured, like something changes, like a significant shift in your life happens, you get sick, whatever, and it throws you off course. And it doesn't mean you are a failure. It's just, you know, something happened and you had to course correct, but now it puts that, that timeline, it pushes it back. Right. So I don't think there's anything wrong necessarily with having a specific goal, but maybe just like, don't attach your or worth or whatever to the timeline. So give yourself that space. Yeah. And remember that, you know, your, your goal is not the only thing in your life. Like you need to make sure that your life is being filled up in other ways, aside from trying to achieve whatever it is that you need to achieve. So you are a well-rounded human being. Yeah. And I'll, Um, I'll use like my, my ex, who's a perfect example of this. One of the most motivated people I've ever met when I met him, he was at this powerlifting gym that I was talking about. And his goal was to squat a thousand pounds, but to squat a thousand pounds at the 242 pound weight class. And over time, like he was working towards that and it did, it consumed his life. It was like, all he did was eat, sleep, train, like repeat work. And, and eventually he did hit the thousand pound squat, but at a higher body weight. So he kind of realized, okay, I'm not going to be able to do it weighing this much. I'm going to have to put on weight. And then he did it. So it was like, yes, I still reached that goal, but now it's almost like not as impressive because I did it at a heavier body weight. Right. So just knowing that things can, can shift. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing. And also he didn't give himself permission to celebrate the fact that he just squatted a thousand thousand pounds, which like, come on people. I don't know what you are. That's still freaking heavy. I know. It was crazy. Kim, let's hear from you. I love this subject. Um, I grew up in a culture that was very goal oriented. Like we write our goals down. So the religious culture I'm in, the youth program I was in for the girls we had this like really structured goal setting program and there were like 12 different like values that you would set goals in. And so like, I'd have like a million goals going at once. Right. So it was always like write a goal for this. So I was always like achieving goals and I found that I liked that. So that is the background I come from over the years um, with experience just as a human being. And as a coach, I found so much better ways to go about goal setting. And Marcy has hit on um, a piece of it there. I will say it's interesting to hear all of us speak. People have different approaches. And I've, I've personally learned just listening to you ladies talk already. Both Sarah and Sam were really talking about visualizing this end goal and using that. And I do that. And I specifically, I've used that in powerlifting. Like when I want to go to a powerlifting meet, I will lay in bed and I will visualize myself lifting the weight that I want to lift. Like I go through like from the time I like walk up to the platform and it's really very powerful. 
But I will say I kind of take a different approach for most of the time that I'm working towards a goal. Like I set this big goal and I picture what it's going to be like, but most of my energy is spent totally ignoring that goal and only focusing on what I need to do in that day, in that moment. Like, and this is what I do with my clients. Like for something like fat loss, I don't want to hear them talk to me about how they want to be a size 10 or they want to lose 30 pounds because it does nothing. Like you cannot get on the scale and make it say the number you want to do. But what you can do is, you know, log your food or take your walk or whatever the things are. And so I like us to really focus on the action steps. Um, and I find that really exciting for me. So like, I could give you lots of, I, I've got a couple different goals going now. So I'm attempting to become a runner. I'm working on scaling my business. So I've got lots of different things, but I don't focus. So I'll, I'll use the running one as an example. So I didn't say like, I'm going to in 12 weeks run a 5k. I don't even know. I don't even know what a good 5k time is guys. Whatever the time is. I didn't say like, I'm going to run a 5k at X time. What I said is I'm going to complete this program in 12 weeks. It's a 12 week program. Here's what I'm supposed to do. And so I will each week, I will do my free workouts and I will just do them and I will do them to the best of my ability. And at the end of 12 weeks, I will have reached my goal because my goal was to execute on this plan. Right. And so setting goals in a way that you have complete control over achieving them is really powerful. So it's not about necessarily what happens at the end. It's about the process that you get to go there. And I'm going to be a better runner in 12 weeks. How could I not be? Like, I'm, I'm going to complete the program, you know? And so really focusing on what do I need to do today, which obviously you have to be very clear on what your goal is to work backwards to set those daily process goals, but really focusing every day, like, what do I need to do now? It has been a game changer for me and for the clients I work with. Yeah, that's amazing. And that's really simple and digestible for people. Um, and I think just taking that focus off the outcome actually is a game changer for a lot of people. Because when you start being so attached to that, then you actually, sometimes I find this with my clients is things change along the way. And all of a sudden they're like, I don't even really care whether I get to X amount on the scale because they start to realize that by doing the behaviors on a day to day, they feel different about themselves. They feel different because they're showing up for themselves, they're eating better, they're moving more all of that kind of thing. And I think that's also something to mention, is it's okay to change, to have shifts about your goal in the end and not being like we were discussing about being shifting, you know, so attached to it that you're like, oh my God, that is it, I have to do this, else like, I am a failure, life will be terrible, it's okay to get to a point and go, do you know what, that's not important to me anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna shift gears here and just let this go and, and you know, start doing something else because there is nothing more soul destroying than trying to work on a goal that doesn't mean anything to you anymore that you're just you've become so detached from like you know so don't do that to yourself just ch chill out I think people can get too stressed about this whole process actually um, and I think if people just took a step back and were a bit more relaxed about it it wouldn't be so overwhelming and it wouldn't be so stressful all of the time and um, so I'd be really interested just to go around and hear um, a couple of things that you do specifically with your clients to help them when it comes to this topic. Um, whether you kind of do the same process with all of your clients or whether you kind of assess how somebody is and what's going to work best for them. Sam, let's go to you first. Yeah. Um, so I think the way that I help my clients um, 
structure their goals? Is that kind of what you're talking about? Or like yeah. set goals? Yes. Yeah. Well, set and structure, actually. Yeah. So I think we come at it from a um a feeling standpoint first like how do you want to feel like what's the outcome that you want not the actual thing Mm -hmm. um and then working our way backwards and so I do this exercise with my clients called um perfect day in the life and I will make them map out a perfect day in the life of them with their new goal in mind um and then a day from hell like what would the worst day look like and they basically map this out like what it would look like when they reach the goal and they're like super happy and like "Ah," you know and then like what a day that would just be awful um would feel like and then i basically give them that's like their spectrum of like maybe where they're at now maybe where they want to go and i ask them like where do they think they fall on that are they closer to the day in the hell or like day in the life and then depending on where they are we start taking baby steps towards that perfect day in the life um who do you want to be how do you want to show up what do you want to feel like um what are the outcomes that you want and how do we turn those into smaller digestible actionable things and how are we going to measure it um because it can be easy to set a goal and just be like flailing in the wind and not really having the structure and um as also as an enneagram seven one of my like natural tendencies is to not want to have structure right it's to just be like i'll figure it out like flow it's gonna be fine but like that's not productive when you're trying to reach for something that does require structure so building in um checkpoints along the way so mm-hmm. like you know i have we like my clients and i do a weekly check-in and then we do monthly phone calls and we have group calls and like there's a lot of touch points to make sure that like things are happening according to plan and if they're not what do we do right is it an expectation that we need to change um is it the the goal needs to change is there a variable that came in and now is affecting the end goal like what's going on let's zoom out so i think like the the when in doubt zoom out when things aren't going to plan and then getting super super hyper granular on not just saying i'm going to work out 3 times a week but being like when where what is it going to be linked to like getting so annoyingly specific about when the thing is going to happen or else it won't um because we won't make time for it so yeah. Um, I think that's a huge, huge obstacle for probably all of my clients is time and being like, oh, I just didn't, whatever. Oh, I didn't meal prep or I forgot or this. And so what is their relationship to like your Google calendar or your planner and planning in times to prep or go grocery shopping, planning in mindfulness, planning in play, planning in like having intentionality. So that's a huge part of the goal setting that the goal setting work that I, I do with my clients, as well as like constantly revisiting that like perfect day in the life and giving them, um, like we, I also make them do visualization in the morning and I'm like, sit with it daydream. Like that's how you get into that, like really exciting, like space of like, I'm working on it. I'm doing the things. It gets you closer and closer and closer. And so using the systems of visualization and um, like vision boarding or manifestation is also a huge part of how I work with my clients. And it's pretty insane what happens when they do it. And they're like, whoa, it's happening way faster than I thought. Um, Whereas the clients that are resistant towards that often 
are so hyper fixated on the outcome that they get so frustrated not being able to just show up daily and put in their reps that it ends up kind of fucking them over. So trying to focus so, so, so much on the present, what can you do right now to get you closer? And remembering that like your main priority is to feel good. And what do you need to do in order to feel good? Do you need to work out three times a week? Do you need to eat three servings of vegetables? Do you need to sleep? Like how much do you need to sleep? All of these things. So um, yeah, I hope that answers your question. I kind of just went on a yeah. Tangent. Yeah. yeah, that's absolutely, absolutely perfect. So it's really about, it's really about helping them to focus more on where they're going, not what they're kind of getting away from. So it's all about that kind of like journey and then just touch points and they can check in with them on a regular basis to see that it's all still going to plan. Yeah. And I think you, Sarah, just before you switch to other to somebody else mm-hmm. the other part of it is like knowing that there is going to be roadblocks and obstacles and i think mm-hmm. one of the questions i ask my clients is like okay what's your goal you know even when we hop on our calls what is going to prevent you from reaching it because then we can front face the objections and obstacles instead of reacting to them so like how yeah. can you prevent them from happening okay maybe you won't have time to grocery shop what can you do instead Like, how can you be prepared anyways? Um, And that's something that I've probably only recently built in to my coaching in the past, like, six months or so, because um, instead of front-facing them, we would always react. But this time, it's like, how can we be prepared? How can we mitigate the risk, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing. Mm -hmm. Marcy? Yeah. I mean, Sam said pretty much everything and what I do is very similar. So I'm just going to take it from a little bit different approach because I will admit the majority of the clients who come to me want to lose weight. And many of them have a specific goal weight in mind. And I always tell them from the beginning, like that is very dangerous. I wrote a post about this yesterday. When you attach your goal to a specific number it can lead to frustration. It can lead to disappointment uh, because again, like it's never going to happen on the timeline that you want it to happen, you know, and I blame my fitness pal for this because people will go in there and they will, you know, put their goal weight into the tracker and it will give them 1200 calories and, you know, you should be losing two pounds per week. And very, very rarely does that happen. And it doesn't, not happen in a linear fashion. So really managing expectations with clients, I think is the most important and just saying to them, okay, I know you have this goal weight that you want to get back to, or sometimes it's, I really feel like I should be back to what I weighed when, before I had a baby or the weight that I was in high school. And they're so fixated on that. So when the scale does not drop in the amount of time that they want it to, they freak out, they feel like a failure, they want to give up. And that's what I call, or it leads to what I call scale self-sabotage. So they see the number and it's not doing what they want it to. So they're like, well, this isn't working. I might as well just go back to what I was doing before because at least that was more easy and enjoyable. So, you know, really having to kind of like talk them off the proverbial ledge and let them know that it's not going to happen at the rate that they want it to. And then also sometimes the number that they have in mind is no longer the right number for them. So bodies change. And this is what I talked about in the post is 
you know, maybe when you were in high school, yes, you weighed 120 pounds, but you weren't doing the right things to actually make your body look the way that you actually want it to look. So you had that kind of skinny fat look because you were doing mostly cardio, you weren't eating protein. <laughs> when I was in high school, that's what I was doing. I was taking cardio classes. I was eating, you know, Skittles and frozen yogurt because it was low fat and I was scared of fat, but I didn't know what protein was. You know, it wasn't until I got to college when I started doing things right and my body kind of started to shift. So what I try to say to them is now that we're working together, you are focusing on eating enough protein, you're lifting weights, you're not overdoing cardio, you're managing your stress, all of those things that are going to set you up for success and help you build this physique that you have visualized in your mind. And oftentimes it is not going to be the number that you think it's going to be. So yeah, again, I just feel like so many people get hung up on the weight. So trying to not use weight as the only marker of progress and try to get rid of that goal weight all together. That's mm -hmm. one of the things that I find myself doing the most. And then, you know, kind of to go off on a little bit of a tangent before you ask this question, Sarah, one thing I wanted to say is, and it's the reason why I feel like having goals can be a little bit I mean, dangerous, so to speak, is because you don't focus so much on the process, like Kim was saying. And the other thing that I've noticed is oftentimes when someone reaches a goal, it, it doesn't have the same feeling that they thought it would. So this happened to me recently where I achieved a certain milestone in my business and it was like, that's it. That, that's what it was supposed to feel like, <laughs> right? Like I thought that it was going to feel so much different and it did for maybe, you know, a day. And then you kind of come back to baseline and now you set the bar higher. It's like, well, that number is no longer good enough. Now it has to be this number. So it's like when you hit the goal, often it feels like it's not enough. It doesn't feel like you thought it or hoped it would. And now you are setting the bar even higher for yourself, which there's nothing wrong with that. Like, I mean, I think we should always be pursuing continual improvement, but don't let it take away from actually enjoying and celebrating what you did. And then also enjoying the process along the way. Mm, yeah. Amen. Thank you so much for sharing. That was super insightful. Kim? Okay, gosh, so much has already been covered. Really good stuff, ladies. Um, I could just say amen to everything they both said. That's it, bye, everyone. That's it, bye. <laughs> Let me just try and cover a couple of things that I have. I think haven't been said. I'm not going to go through like my whole process because there's so much of it that's similar with, with what both of the ladies have already said. But let me um, just talk about two things that um, we haven't touched on. One, um, and this is something I've had with several clients recently, as you get closer and closer to achieving your goals, or maybe that's not even the situation, but you might find at times that you have this sense of kind of, um, I can't all of a sudden remember, what's the word for, the, what's the opposite of harmony in yourself? What would be the opposite of the word harmony? Disharmony? Chaos. That's not, or like, like kind of this sense of unease, Chaos. like, this, like yeah. the sense of unease. You might feel the sense yeah. of unease happen if your goal that you say you want and your actions aren't aligning, that you'll feel the sense of unease. And I've noticed this happens um, with clients who have gotten really close to their goal. Like they're lean and they're trying to get leaner. It's really hard if you just want to lose five pounds or 10 pounds. Like it can get really hard. And the changes you have to make to make that happen might not feel like what you want to do. Like you have to be pretty strict to make that happen. And so mm -hmm. the conversation that I have with people is 
and there's no right answer. And I think that's sometimes hard. They're like, just tell me what to do. And, and I won't, but what it comes down to is when you're in a position like that, for whatever reason, if you don't want to have that sense of unease and discord, you can either change your goal, which is totally acceptable, or you can change your actions to be aligned with your goal. But if you keep both of those things the same, if you keep your goal the same and your actions that aren't leading to the goal the same, you're still going to feel that sense of unease. So you have to pick one to change. And there's not a right answer. And I've had clients say like, you know what? No, like I really do. I want to lose this five pounds. And then the conversation is, all right, well, what about your actions? Are you going to change to make that happen? And other people are like, you know what? Like the more I think about it, like, no, I don't want to do, I don't want to do that stuff. And so we change the goal and both are acceptable. You just have to really think about it. And, and you might have both situations come up with different goals in your life. Um, have you ladies found that? with clients like that there's this situation there's just situations where like what they say they want and what they're doing just aren't they're not adding up yeah yeah and and one of the things I do with my clients kind of in the beginning is we really dig into what is what is the reason you want this goal what is the absolute you know in your heart do you want it from your heart like what does it actually mean to you or is it that you are setting this goal because you perceive it's something you should be doing or you think that being this certain size like that girl on Instagram is going to change your life because if that is the reason why then you will struggle because you will always be out of alignment like between what you want and your actions so yeah 100% I hear you on that Kim I've experienced it yeah um there was something else I was going to say no, no I was going to say I totally I was forgotten like, it no, come on, remember, I'm sure it was I don't amazing. remember what it was. It was, it was good too, ladies. Damn it. <laughs> it was totally different. It was totally on a different subject. Oh, shoot. Sarah, you talk for a minute. Maybe it'll come to me. No, okay. So yeah, like tons of good stuff covered here. Um, I am very much, um, I kind of do this in stages where I will have clients come in and we basically, I get them just to word vomit out, you know, all of the goals that they have from for themselves in their kind of lives and then we look at the reasons behind them what is the motivation why is that important to you um we look at then what is what is the most pressing thing that you want to work on now so we don't have somebody trying to work on seven goals because i'm kind of coaching more on life coaching now so there's like a much broader spectrum of what people are coming to me for it's not just like fitness and um weight loss um, and then really breaking it down to getting into the feeling. So looking at where they want to be, how they want to be feeling, how they want their life to look, um, then getting into where are they now and then figuring out what the blocks are and then working out the action steps that need to happen between, you know, where they are now, where they want to get to, and what blocks do we need to go in and work on and get rid of and, you know, what do they, what needs removing for them to be able to do that. Um, and then just keep checking in, keep reflecting and keep, you know, looking for anything that's not working and shifting it and changing it, asking awkward questions when people really don't want to be getting asked awkward questions along the way. So that's kind of my only difference, I think. But everything else the ladies have said is absolutely amazing. Um, and I think, Kim, unless you've suddenly remembered the piece of amazingness you were going to say, I you're going to remember it. As soon as we say bye, you're going to be like, Damn it! That was the best thing I was ever gonna. That was ever, I was ever gonna say in my life. <laughs> That's what's gonna happen. I'll wake up in the middle of the night tonight and yell. <laughs> and yeah, 
I'm going to really text all of you. <laughs> yeah, please do. Please do. Just a quick, quick one. How is your sleep at the minute? Did you? My, uh, it is yeah. better. So I made a couple of changes. One, I realized that um, one of the things that's been going on, I did not even know this was a thing, that if you struggle with allergies, that they can be worse at night. I would have predicted they'd be worse in the day when I'm outside, but apparently yeah. I guess because the pressure in the air changes as the temperature changes, so the pollen and whatnot falls to the earth. So I was waking up a lot and like blowing my nose and sneezing. So I started taking my allergy medicine like two hours before bed instead of when I wake up in the morning because by the time I go to bed, it's worn off. So I did that. Okay, I did a very unscientific thing. I made two changes at once. And then I started taking magnesium, which is supposed to help with sleep. And I've had, I've had, I think, six days of good sleep now. So well, wow. you know what? I'll yeah. keep it posted. Yeah. Do you know what? Who cares if it's scientific or not? If it's working, if it's yeah. working, just keep going. Yeah. Just keep um well thank you so much for tuning in um we hope that this uh, episode has been insightful and given you some um thought processes around when it comes to that time of year when you are looking at setting goals um again and obviously if you have any questions or comments then please reach out to any of us on instagram and please feel free to share this episode um snapshot and tag us on your stories um, and we will happily reshare and we will catch you on the next episode. Thank you, ladies. Bye. Thank you. Thanks Bye. All right. That wraps up another episode of the Decades of Strength podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. We know that life is crazy and time is precious and we really do appreciate you spending your time with us. If you love this podcast, please subscribe, review and rate it on iTunes. Tag us in your stories on Instagram. Send this to your friends. Please, please, please just tell everyone about it. We are determined to have the biggest and the most inclusive community of women sitting at the picnic table together. We love you. We appreciate you. And we can't wait to hear what you think of this week's episode. Four women, one mission. We are the Decades of Strength. Sam, Marcy, Sarah, and Kim. Catch you right back here for our next episode.